Go to adxclub.com to purchase a steel mace or a steel club that's adjustable, made right here in the United States. Go to sleepymonkeytrainingacademy.com to turn your pain into power. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Steel Mace Nation podcast. Once again, return customer, George Wiggins, firefighter down in Kentucky, uh, nearly down and out with an injury, has returned back for more on the job. Can't get enough of fighting fires. What's up, George? What's going on? Tell us your story, man. Man, it's good to be back, Fred. Thanks for having me on. Uh, about a year ago this month, uh, end of May of 21. I had had some back issues, had a back surgery the, the in the fall before so of 21 and at 22, I went back in and they said, it's time to put some rods in there. We're going to do a fusion. You've got to retire. I was having leg numbness, uh, lots of cramping, lots of uh, just pure discomfort with movement, sitting still. I couldn't get comfortable. So after 25 years of the job, I sat, the wife and I sat there and said, okay, this is what it is. Let's, let's, let's let the new normal kick in, which I hate that term. Uh, so but now, 25 years, 25 years is, um, retired. I mean, you do 25 years in the fire department, police, you know, some, some are different. Um, some police departments I think is 20 years. Uh, but this is because it's a young man's job. They expect you to have injuries at some point. Um, if you can't physically do the job, you're, you're, a, you're actually a detriment, right? You could become yeah, exactly. a, a problem. So the, you're a lot yeah, you're a liability. Thank you. So, I mean, when somebody's telling a firefighter who's had 25 years of doing it, I mean, yeah, they still love the job, but it they're older. They're they're physically beat up. They don't mind taking the retirement. They don't mind saying, no. "Okay, I I did my thing." And look, it's full retirement, 25 years. So, yeah. but not you. No, cuz Kentucky's 20 and out. I did an extra five. Uh, can't get enough of it. It's okay face, it's only skill set. Uh, you know, and it was cool to sit at home for a while, but I got bored and I started feeling good. You know, David Dahl was on your podcast. He does my PT. Uh, and we, you know, uh, September 15th of 22, I had a spinal fusion. They fused S1, L4, and L5 together. And I woke up two inches taller. Uh, so obviously there was no disc back there. I can tell you why I was in pain. There was some spinal column, uh, compression going on and it was you know it sucked so, so you I, lost two inches of height because it got the the disc disintegrated basically. yeah you it's lost gone. two inches yeah holy shit is that is that a typical i you know as we get older we shrink yeah so you know gravity pushes down on us and it, it it's got to give somewhere so the, you know degenerative disc it's hereditary i know uh, some father short- had it and, yeah I know, I know some short people. I'm going to recommend that they get uh, rods put in their spine. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, my mom's. Yeah, my mom's five four. She's like, God, I'd love to get that. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, mom, Great. you don't want to go through this. It's not worth it. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, you know, I had the spinal fusion, but up until then, from the time they took me off work until September 14th, I kept training. Uh, 
Yeah, it hurt, so I modified it. I, again, I've been swinging the steel mace for going on six years, and it has kept my core together. It's kept my power base together, for lack of a better term, you know, as well as I do, that, you know, when we start swinging this thing, that your, st- your stability comes out of your heels, you engage the core, your hips are tight, everything's locked in place, and you can move. Well, I did it all, and, and get, you know, and I, I, I scaled the weight back. I did different things, but I kept moving. I didn't stop because well, move, movement's medicine. If you sit still, you start to deteriorate more. Uh, with, with David Dahl's blessing, we kind of uh, modified some things and kept on going until the day of surgery. Uh, September 15th, had the surgery, woke up. Uh, they cut me from my navel to my pelvis. Took some stuff out, put everything together. Put my guts back in, flip my back over, flip me on my belly. Get yourself some sandbags or some weight vests or some cool fitness apparel at freedomstrength.us. Go to freedomstrength.us. When you make your purchase, use the discount code SMN10 to receive your discount. My back, open it up. Finished up the procedure on the other side. So, you know, basically, uh, I had a double knife wound and had to heal up a little bit. So when, when I, the doctor woke me up, he goes, I had no idea how tight and in shape your core was until we cut you open. Oh, why? What, told, what did he say? He goes, I told you you would be 60% better before the surgery. He goes, I'm confident now you're going to be 90% better. Ah, and uh, you know we talked. He goes, "What is your training methods?" And I said, "Well, this is what I do." And he's like, "Oh, that's kind of cool." Uh, so you know, he was very in, in, and he's in, you know we talked about ten minutes after surgery. I was still very out of it, uh, but he was very intrigued about it. And we talked a little bit more for following stuff. All right, and I had wait a come swing. Let's just recap this real quick because I don't want anybody to miss what you're saying here because this is easy just to kind of like eh, whatever you know if you're, if somebody's listening right now you're making a sandwich pay attention to what George just said a doctor who's done this uh, surgery probably hundreds maybe thousands of times say thousands of times okay and he's gone through people's musculature through their cores to gain access to the spine through the front and the back and on his journey <laughs> on his journey through your stomach he said holy shit this guy's got a hell of a, a tight core and he must have compared to other people he realized you're going to have a really good recovery because you're tight already and it's going to heal well yeah. and he said, and then he was intrigued enough to actually ask you what the hell it is that you're even doing because he's probably never seen this before. So yeah. this is a doctor who's inquisitive as to why George has a tight core. And then George explains it to him. And, okay, maybe he never saw or heard of it before, but he's like, well, if that's what you're doing, that's what you're doing. So that doctor is now, you know, he knows that steel mace is legit. Exactly. He knows that the anti, you know, the, the rotational strength, the anti-rotational strength, the fact that all the power comes out of your center keeps your core tight. And you can do your core work every day. It's not like you're going to, you know, overtrain your core. We're always using it. So, is your training always engage the core? 
and he was blown away. He goes, you're going to be 85 percent better. Well, within two weeks, all the numbness in my legs was gone. I've yet to have a cramp. I've yet to have a back spasm. We're coming up upon the uh, nine month window, and I feel like a new person. And when did you start thinking retirement was no good for you? Uh, probably November. You can only watch so much daytime TV. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> what could you possibly have been watching? Whatever was on. I, I, you know, the endless news cycle. So my tinfoil hat got a little bigger. Uh, you know, <laughs> Wait, just, you didn't watch The View, did you? God, no. <laughs> I, I watched the three-letter channel. We'll, we'll just leave it at that. Starts with F, ends with X. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. yeah I watched it's better than The View. Yes, it is. And, you know, <laughs> at noon they got the leg show, which is kind of nice. I think it's called out numbers and they all sit around the table. Anyway. Uh, uh, but no, we, so uh, I, so you, you decided you're going to go back to work and, and do something. Yeah. And the doctor cleared you? Well, the doctor cleared me in January. So, you know, when you when you come out of surgery, they say, listen, for the first 30 days, don't pick up anything heavier than a clock. So, you know, it's okay. Again, I'm hurt. You know, they cut my, they cut my abs, they cut my back. So, you know, again, all of September, all pretty much all October. It's a whole lot of just get out and walk. I was walking my driveway. I went from walking my driveway to walking my cul-de-sac, walking cul-de-sac, walking the neighborhood. And then, you know, I, I was feeling pretty good. So after that 30, 45 days, you can pick up stuff about the size of a, a bag of groceries, you know, five gallons of milk, something like that. So right about then, I picked up the 10 pound mace. Called Dave. I said, hey, Dave, what do you think? He goes, just don't stretch too far. Don't hyperextend. So I would sit there and just do the hand transfers. Bring it up to center, bring it back down. Bring it, just to get that motion going. Trying to wake that, you know, just, just trying to get that mind body connection. Trying to get my mind off the fact that I'm sitting. Yeah. So about November, they said, okay, you can start doing some PT. So I actually go back in, you know, my everything was tight. My hips were tight. I couldn't, I couldn't tie my shoes. So, you know, again, we go in there, we start doing the, the the band, the band stretches and some other things and getting loose again. And I started swinging just 10 pounds, nothing crazy. Started doing some 360s, started doing the 300s, curling with it, just getting moving. Now you went, and, you, you went back to David Dowell, right? I did. Okay. Yeah. Now, everybody listening, David Dow was uh, on the podcast twice. Now he once was on to talk about my shoulder injury, and then there was a time before that where he introduced himself, and he's a big fan of steel mace training, a physical yeah. therapist who incorporates rotational uh, strength and and development training with clubs and mace. And um, did you when you you said you were really tight when you when you got back into things and you oh, were yeah. working with David, did he indicate any reason why you would be tight? Oh yeah. Cause I mean, basically they, you know, they cut your, they cut your belly and they cut your back and they take all those muscles and sew them back together. And it's, it's just healing. You know, you, you know, they tell you to up your calorie intake, which I did. Of course I did. So wait, <laughs> that's uh, not hard to do, but, right? <laughs> no, not at all. Oh, no, not at all. So, yeah, let's eat again. All right. So, you know, and of course, you're on narcotics for a little bit, which slows your metabolism down. It, it, it's just a whole myriad of things. That it's not really helping. So as soon as I can start moving again, I want to move better. And that's when I called Dave and said, let's, let's just, if, if, 
whatever it is, it is. Let's just try to. So we un, you know, unlock the hips a little bit. Uh, was able to you know, cross my legs, able to actually get into a squat position. Uh, and by December, I was feeling really good. Uh, not like super crazy good, but I, I was feeling good. So I was uh, doing a little training work at the local gym uh, just to have something to do. And uh, right about January, I talked to my doc. I said, listen, what are the chances of me going back to being a firefighter again? He's like, you, I would say you can go ahead and do it again. So. And so now you're back. I said, what do you think? Yeah, I'm back. Did my ear pods. Is this better now? Okay. I think my ear pods died on me. Oh, okay. Can you still hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I came. Uh, the doctor cleared me to work. Uh, I do help out a little volunteer fire company around the corner. So, I was over there with those guys helping them out. And then uh, an opening came up at a fire district that was on the other side of town that, like, you know what? I've never worked in that end of town before. It could be kind of fun. So, I went ahead and applied. They picked me up uh, April 1st. And, uh, you know, I passed you, their physical test. I passed their, their doctor's uh, demand test, and here I am. Was the physical test the same for you as it was would be for new guys, new recruits yes. coming on? Everybody so, the same way. Okay. Wow. So here's the test that is really designed for, like, 20-somethings. Yes. And you – how'd you do on it? Passed it with flying – it's a pass-fail. Uh, passed it with no issues. Uh, he just sat there and scratched his head and goes, "Okay, go ahead and go back to work. Get out of my office." Uh, yeah. He he was cool about it. He was he he was he was good. So it was nothing crazy, you know. Had to do the stress test and all that, uh, but it's it's just good to be back to work. And then honestly, my career didn't end on my terms. So it was I I, I took that personal. Yeah. So now it, I can I can end it on my terms, and I want to retire now. Wow, that's really interesting. Wow. Did that bother you? Oh, it's horrible. It, it was depressing. Yeah. You know, it's like here's for 25 years, I did the same thing. Loved the job. You know, had a great time doing it. And all of a sudden, you go, hey, it's time for you to stop. It's, it's just kind of, you know, somebody just shuts the door. So it was, and it was good to be able to have the option to come back and to come back. And, not, you know, of course, I retired as a captain. Uh, I'm riding in the back of the truck. Why not? <laughs> Uh, no responsibilities, really. You know, it's uh, make sure my saw works, make sure I got air in my SCBA, and it's a good day. Yeah. So you like that? I love it. Yeah. I like to teach, too. So, you know, we've got newer firefighters. Anytime I get a chance to teach and help out, I do that as well. How is the dynamic with you and the officer on the rig? It's really good. I've known him for a long time. I remember okay. when he was a new boy. Uh, you know, so it was, it, it's cool. He's a good dude. He's, he's only 36. Yeah. I mean, I could see, uh, where some guys might feel a little weird, like having a ex officer on the rig, yes. like, and then they're like telling him what to do. Like, I don't want to tell this guy what to do. Like he's, he well, was an officer before me. He saw me coming up and now it's the yeah. other way around, but that's not Honestly, the case. I, I enjoy it. And I have, I told him, I said, just tell me what you want done. My, I'm here for you to have a good day. I'm not a headache for you. You just, let's let's go to work. Yeah. And honestly, we're busy enough. We don't have a lot of that crazy sitting around the firehouse dynamics of, 
oh, let's let's poke holes in projects. We we've got stuff to do. It's it's very nice. Wow. Yeah. Yeah that that's got to be well you know if uh, if I was uh if I had a guy like you on my rig that as a captain that would just make me feel even better like. Well, and I did. When you I know. got pro to the captain, I had a guy that retired as a major and came back to work about seven years later because he just missed it. Yeah. And he was great. He was the best resource I had. Right. Uh, when I lost him, it was horrible. Because I could, you know, truthfully, you know, tactically speaking, if you can split your crew, when I split him off with another firefighter, I had zero worries. Yeah. I, I could go back to the front yard and monitor conditions they were working. It was great. You know, that, and that is a that's a win. Yeah, yeah, that's great stuff. The um, I'm very happy with the crew that I have. My guys are excellent. Um, they they know everything. They know they can handle things, and I tell them all the time, like you guys are more advanced than you think you are. You know, I thank them all the time. You know, for being that way. But I always oh, tell yeah. them, like, you, you, like think about. Taking the captain's test because you could you could do the, all the jobs on the on the apparatus and sometimes yep. they're better than me because I I come from 15 years of being on a truck and there's still engine stuff I'm not I'm not that up on and oh, yeah. I I could turn to them and and rely on them and they ha they handle it so it allows me to just go ahead and do what my duties are without having handle that management side of the firehouse right yeah. It's a, it's a great thing. That's really cool. I'm very happy for you, and and it's really cool to see like uh, guys loving the job with that kind of gusto, like you have. Like you truly are like uh, a, you know a real firefighter who just you do it. You obviously would do it not even for money. You would do it. Just well, no, to, I mean I, I do. I help out a volunteer fire company because I enjoy the work. Yeah, I I, I enjoy the. You know, I enjoy the good traditions of the fire service. Uh, and there's some things I kind of want to leave as a mark is bringing, is bringing a little bit of functional fitness in the fire department and let that stay when I leave. Yeah. Because uh, I think that's something that we're going to have to kind of push a little harder in the future. A lot we, harder. Well, yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we're getting people on the job today. And we've had this conversation, I think, the last time we talked. That, you know, you get a room full of recruits and you say, okay, show of hands. Who's had a manual labor job? Out of 40 people, maybe five will throw their hands up. Uh, okay, who played sports in high school? Maybe 10. And then you've got people that have either led a sedentary lifestyle or a very academic style person and not somebody who's put their hands to work. So they haven't put their hands to work. They probably haven't put their body to work. So we have to train them on how to move athletically before we can train them to move tactically where you know you got a guy that tell him to lift with his knees he looks at you like you're speaking another language because he has no idea how to lift with his knees no one's taught him how to lift with his knees yeah so what do we do we're going to teach you how to do a hip bench we're going to teach you how to do a squat here hold this kettlebell in front of you do a squat hold that steel mace out in front of you like that do a front squat just these little things that if you could instill that into them early in their career, it stays with them. Yeah. And I think uh, there's a reluctance by a lot of guys because maybe they feel intimidated because they have to learn something like 
you would think is something that everybody already knows. Like, yeah. who doesn't know how to do a squat? But you know that there's a right way and a wrong way, and exactly. bad movement patterns happen. Yeah. I mean, and people, you know, there's a term called prior perception. Yeah. Which is how your body is set up, and you know how your body's set up to move. And if you don't have that, you never, you don't set up the same way to do the same thing. If you're athletic and you move around and you work with your body, you know when you start to do something, man, I'm just not standing right. Let me adjust. Yeah. And you do it when you force a door. You do it when you're holding a hand line. You do it when you're standing in front of your girl flipping burgers. Ah, but, you know, it just because you're not standing in the way that you're comfortable and the way your body holds itself best. So, yes, you have to teach people that. And that's something that's hard for them. For, for some reason, younger people, it's hard for them to learn because they've never had to do it before. You know what the, the thing is, what you just explained? I totally get what you're saying because I'm in the same shit you're into. But when you try to explain that to a person that's not, you're almost just telling them, listen, you just got to trust me. You'll feel yes. it when it happens. Yes. It's, you, can't, you can't insert this into their imagination so that they fully comprehend what you're trying to say. It yeah. happens with physical training. After a while, you start to notice things like, oh, I'm actually using my glutes right now. When I'm walking, I'm actually yeah. digging my heels into the earth and pulling the earth underneath me as I walk. Yeah. That's alien language to somebody else. I mean, when I say that I to people, they're like, 90% of the American public doesn't understand what we're talking about right now. No, right. <laughs> I hate to say that, but these are the people that we're bringing into our industry to train. Nice. These are the people that are already there that we're working with, and these are the people that we're out picking them up off their bathroom floor. Uh, and, you know, I don't know where we lost this, but we got to get it back. Yeah. Speaking of picking up somebody off the bathroom floor, um, the other night I was drunk. No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> you're drinking right now. Um, yeah, it's no, water. We had, yeah, sure it is. It's vodka. <laughs> Tequila. So we had a, a, a call of um, an unconscious woman in a bathroom. And it turned out she wasn't unconscious. She was, you know, gone. And yeah. uh, I, I, they sent me through the window because I was the new guy. And I had to open the door, but she was jammed up against the door in this tiny little bathroom. She was in between the bathtub and the door. I'm sure you've that's, been there that's before. The law, that's the laws of EMS. If you're going to drop dead, you're going to find the smallest place in the room and lay there. Yep, and there's going to be a whole lot of nakedness going on, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, I they were like, hey, Fred, you got to open the door for us. And I'm like, well, she's kind of a big woman. Um, okay. And so, if it wasn't for, like, knowing how to hip hinge and deadlift yeah. and stuff like that, it would have been a train wreck. Because, look, you know, oh, yeah. yes, they're they're – they're deceased, but you still want to treat them like, you know, you, 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 you want to be respectful. You don't, right. when the, when the family shows up to realize that their loved one is dead, you don't want to see them laying in an 
in an odd spot in the floor right. or the fact that the whole place is disheveled because you had to move everything in a hurry to get to them. Right. You kind of want to be respectful about that. And, and yeah. I get it. Yeah. You've got to be able to, even if you got to just move them two or three inches at a time, you got to do it safely. And that's, yeah. that's what comes out of the hip end or the squat. Yeah. You no. Know, and, and, and look, I, people. I had to do that and get it. And then the door was, you know, I unlocked the door first. Then I, once I got her moved, I yeah. said, all right, open the door. And then they opened the door and, and then they kind of got her and, we took her out, but uh, there was a moment there where I was under a lot of physical strain. It was very oh, awkward, yeah. right? I, and I could see, you know, what I mean in EMS line of work, back injuries are a dime a dozen. Nurses, oh, it's yeah. removing heavy people, and um, you know, I always say these are the types of people that should also be doing sandbag training. Picking up sandbags off the floor is a great yes. way. Because how annoying is picking up like a 150 pound sandbag on the floor? It's like such oh, it's, a deep. It sucks. Yeah, but that's the same thing as lifting up an uh, unconscious person. Oh yeah, you've got to be able to manipulate heavy things that don't cooperate. Right. So now, as far as swinging steel mace is concerned, and you you like to swing heavy and. You like to do you, – you do it all. You do it all. We I, know work, what, I, work, I did. I worked my way back up to swinging about 40, 45 pounds on the annex. Yeah. So we were having a discussion, uh, somebody else and I, and we were talking about how the posterior chain really gets hit well with, yes. with swinging a mace. Um, what have you noticed as far as back development and having that proprioception of your yeah. back – well, honestly, my, my back and lats feel stronger. Like any pulling I do now, super uniform, moves great. Uh, my pulls have gotten stronger. I mean, just doing pull-ups, I can do way more than I used to once I started doing this. Uh, oh, that's interesting. Have, yeah, I do have some ab development. My back looks, you know, it's got that tapered V look. And that's with six years of doing that. I mean, I, I did a lot of powerlifting as, as a youth, and as we get older, we change how we do things. Uh, but yeah, I, a little aesthetically, it looks really good. But the, the, the posterior chain, I've got a, a buddy named Tim Issing, who I've been working with off and on for about a year or so, and he had shoulder issues. He has a desk job, he does sales. What do you do when you sit? Slash. Right? So he's gone to this chiropractor for a long time. Oh, we're going to adjust you here, adjust there never really fixed it so he came out here to the house last fall and i'm still recovering from surgery but I said, let's, let's get let's get the mace out, let's get the clubs out and i showed him some movements and about three months time he's standing taller that, that chest is open the shoulders are back the shoulder issues are gone and it's all about that posterior chain getting it tight again because yes. as, as we sit as, as we sit as adults in, in this in this world we live in, where the computer screen is tied to everything we do, we're losing that tightness. We're we're losing the the muscle tension back there. Yeah, the the and back is dangerous. actually stretching. Yeah, it's stretching the wrong way. It's you know, right. We're made we're made to be be compressed. We're made to that's where you know our body carries itself. And you see the people, and I, you know, in, in 20 years, every kid's going to have a hump in the back of their head because they're all doing this. You know, right. we're, we're not we're not sitting upright. I'm conscious of it all the time. I make yeah. sure I'm sitting upright. I do so many, you know, 
uh, vert, like horizontal pulls for the trap and back area just to make sure my posture's still in good shape. It, and I and I'm I'm very self conscious of it because the whole time I was recovering, I just kept feeling like I was getting drawn forward when everything was healing up. So, what was your body like when you were powerlifting compared to I had, now? I had the power gut. Okay, yeah, so I was, you, yeah, I, I I looked like a bowling ball with arms and legs, big arms, big legs. Were you eating more just because you had it in your head? You were a power lifter at times, you know. Okay. Again, you know, you're 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 a dad with young kids. You're trying to get you're trying to get your weight training in when you can. You're, you're working, usually eating on the go, Eat, eating crap, but a whole lot of protein with crap. Uh, but you know, as, as my kids are now grown, I can kind of take care of myself and tailor my diet a little bit better. And uh, you know, it's 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 different. But again, not powerlifting. I feel better. I feel way better not powerlifting. Now you say you've been doing a maze for six years. So 2017 is about when you yeah. started. Yeah. When did you first know it? And 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 you still continue to do some type of weight training, but it was more like yeah. strength, strength and uh, hypertrophy. A little more, a little more yeah, aesthetics, hypertrophy. Okay. So when did you start noticing your body starting to change and you know develop that probably, V taper? It probably took about six months. Okay. Because what I was doing is I would I would lift, I would do a set and then do something with the mace. I would I would do do my lift set and then do something else with it, and you know basically it's kind of turned into cardio between sets. Yeah, you're even if it's not cardio, you're just extra movement. You're yeah. burning more calories. And, and I love the H the HIT timer. I love that thing. You like what is it? The high intensity interval timers. Oh yes. So you know, just download one of those apps on your phone. Do you like the fifteen and thirty or the sixteen or sixteen and fifteen? So our six like sixty seconds on, fifteen off, thirty on, fifteen off. Uh, I got a group I run usually on Mondays, and they do thirty minutes of high intensity. That's something they love, and it's usually it's usually involves a mace and a kettlebell and a sandbag, or in a in a slam ball. We do something, and we get that we get that going. We'll do some strength, we'll do some core, uh, but yeah, they love that because you're getting some strength in with it. You're getting yeah. a whole lot of mobility, and yeah. that was the thing I was concerned is well what drew me too is a friend of mine had some shoulder issues he goes man you gotta try this you gotta try the mace and i did i, I would drive around my hands would go down i could i would sneeze and i could feel my shoulder slide and in about three months time that was all gone and then i started noticing you know i'm getting more development i'm getting cut i'm getting more of a, a physique versus just being big and strong besides chest where where else did you notice Oh, lats and abs. Okay, what about your traps? Yeah, they've always been big. So I've never, I mean, I don't have much of a neck you can see now. Uh, you know, just put that much neck. Yeah. So wow. it was, you know, I, my traps have always been big. But I mean, you can see you know, if I'm not wearing a shirt and I'm working, you can actually see like the, the muscle tissue. It's it's actually pretty, you know, pretty yeah. defined. Yeah. So uh, interestingly, uh, you're, you're this is probably going to be episode two twenty nine. Okay. Episode 228, I had uh, Billie Jean uh, on. She's yeah. from New York. And the whole reason I brought her on was she got ripped with Mace. She, too, used to power lift. And we yeah. talked about this on the podcast. This is great that you're we're getting both of these episodes in back to back. So she was a power lifter. I saw old video footage of her. She was a typical-looking power lifter chick, which yeah. I think is a wonderful look. 
Oh, yeah. She wasn't sloppy or nothing like that. She was a a beast. But, you know, she she decided to leave that, fell heavily in love with training with a mace, and that's like her predominant thing. I think she's been doing it for four years. Um, And the reason why she came on was because she put up a post where she's showing her traps and and her, her, her shoulders. She's got cuts. She is ripped. Yeah. She is ripped with mace. And here is another example of ex-power lifter, and you're a dude. So now we got the woman, we got the dude yeah. saying the same friggin' thing. Come on, everybody. What's going on here? You know damn well that steel mace and club training is good for you. It, 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 it's, it's body shaping. You know, it, it's aesthetic. It's, it's, it's aesthetics. Yeah. I mean, we can say that. It's aesthetics. Yes. We can, yes. We're, we're, we're what? We're right two days past Memorial Day. It is beach season. Right. Everybody wants to look good to be out there at the floor of the beach. And yeah. It's it, it's an aesthetic, it's an aesthetic form of movement. You are Even going to steel mace flow. You can yeah. do slow uh m- movements where you're putting tension into the mace and you're now it's almost like you're doing a pose down. Like you know, yeah. Th- these bodybuilders that hit the stage, they put posing in their itinerary. They pose oh, yeah. all the time and they're dripping sweat when they do it. Cause they're, Oh yeah. They've got posing coaches. Uh, there's the right. gym I go to. We've got a couple of, uh, actually the, we just had a physique competition here in town. And like the two weeks before the posing coach was there with somebody every day. Yeah. Doing, and you get tired doing posing because oh, yeah, you've got to well, keep you, working it. It's it basically an isometric hold where right you there. look pretty. Yes, uh, you're showing off. You're showing off your best attributes at that point for your pose down. But you're holding it long enough to where all the judges can get a good look at it. And right. not to mention, you probably starved yourself a little bit. You deprived yourself of fluids, so you want that muscle to really pop. And yeah, they have. They're putting some work in. But now to connect the dots, isometrics is, you know, determined by all of your certification programs, NASM, whoever. Yeah. I went, I went through NASM, and I remember wow. reading all about isometrics. Yes. And when do you ever see anybody really training isometrics unless they have a coach who's forcing them to do it? You yeah. don't. Nobody no, does. No one ever does. Right. And then if now you, you see that they say isometrics is part of the, the whole fitness program to yeah. develop strength and conditioning and, and look – Right, aesthetics. So, and then you hear, oh well, bodybuilders do it because it's they have to. But guess what? They're actually. So my point is, is if you're not going to do poses down in front of a mirror because you feel weird, because yes. you're not a bodybuilder, and you're not going to do regular isometrics, well, try it with a mace then. Yeah, I mean, and right now, I'll, I'll 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 give you the inside baseball. My wife had a, my wife had a neck fusion about four years ago. And she's not one to work out. She won't smack me for saying this. But I've got her swinging a five-pound mace right now, getting the feeling back in her hands and arms. The, her warm-up is isometric holds. Yeah. Just to wake everything up. You get those nerve endings alive again. She takes that and she crush grips that mace, holds it out in front of her, 30 seconds on, 15 seconds off, six rounds. Just to get the muscle turned back on. It, it's else? a great way to wake the muscles up. Yeah. And what uh, what other isometric uh, type things do you do with her? 
Well, right now, this is starting with, I get her to do that. Then we'll do the, uh, the behind the head hold and just hold it. Nothing crazy. Yeah. Tri- you know, I trip a stretch, but I do squeeze the living hell out of the handle. I want, I want you to see your, I want to see your knuckles bite. Yeah. And then we get to some swings and some other things just to get her moving again. Okay. But the isometrics is a great thing. If you get a PT, they have you do an isometric hold. And it's yeah. just to wake those nerve endings up. Right. And it's also safe because you are doing the hold in the area where, like, let's say you have it's an in injury the there. Chain. Yeah. Right. You're just carefully placing the tension in a place where the injury is not being affected, but you're yeah. getting to the muscle and you're getting blood flow to it. The last thing you want to do with an injury is just completely ignore it because it hurts. Yeah, yeah you don't want to do that. You, you, want to move, you want to move around the injury, basically. And the isometric hold is a wonderful thing. If you, like, you know, okay, if you travel, you don't get a chance to go to your gym, right? If you're on vacation, hotel gyms are horrible. But you can go in there and, and get a little work in, and, and I've done it. Is I'll I'll do a chest set with with the hotel dumbbells, maybe go to thirty five or forty pounds, and then the last set, lock it out, and hold it long as I can. And it's like getting a heavier workout in. Right. Like do an isometric squat just to wake that tissue up. You know, there's nothing wrong with doing a squat hold. Like I've got the. Uh, the volunteer recruits. They're the classes tonight. We do 30 minutes of PT, and guess what? They've all been issued. A mace? A 10-pound steel mace. The, the fire department paid for it? Yes, they did. My God. I got to come work for you guys. Oh, it's it, it's so it, – it, it's it's the nicest environment ever. These guys are volunteers. They want to be there, and they all want to learn, and they're, and they're varying ages. I got kids that are 20 up to, up to adults, almost 40. So this is a volunteer department. Uh, yeah, vo- this is actually four volunteer departments at the combined recruit school. Okay, so it's funny, like you know, I mean, I literally work in a paid department, and I talk to the chiefs. And there, there's actually a chief who's in charge of like things like fitness equipment and stuff. Yeah, and I talk to them, and I tell, oh, I could do this stuff with mace, and they practically like just they don't even see me. I'm invisible. Well- I'm just a weirdo, but yeah. the vo- I've been hired by volunteer departments. I drove all the way up to Connecticut once to to, to teach a workshop. Volunteers are into it; they yeah. see it, they get it, well, and I'm they like, see the benefit. Well, and I'll tell you, the department I work for, there's at least one steel mace in every firehouse. And is that because of you, though? You introduced fact, it. And- it was because of me and the assistant chief. Years I was teaching a rescue class. In between sessions, I always have one in my truck, and I just happened to start swinging one, and he got so intrigued by it. I said, "Okay, give it a try," and it was, and he was immediately challenged, which I thought was going to turn him off. He's like, "No, I love this." Was it a ten pound? It was. It was a ten. Yeah. And he was challenged by it. Yeah, he just he never he never moved that way before. Right. Yeah. It's 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 foreign. He's he's my age, and he's pretty athletic guy. He's a runner. Does some CrossFit, but never done anything. Never, never done anything like that. So, I got him swinging. And he goes, "Okay, I got." Him. And they bought one for every, at least one for every station. There's a ten. There's a ten pounder and a fifteen pounder. So, ever if I, you know, if I'm at a different firehouse, the guys like George, come here, show me how to use this. Yeah. At least twice a week, I've got somebody moving one. So, what do you show them besides swings? I do a whole lot of leg work with them. lunges, squats. You know, hold it out in front of you. Holding overhead. My favorite is an overhead squat. Yeah. 
And when you get really good with it, you go you go to a swing, do an overhead, come down, swing the other direction, put the weight on the other side, do the overhead. I mean, and you did the NASM course. What's the uh, what's the gold standard for fitness? An oh, overhead the, squat. Overhead squat. Yes, that's right. Yeah, and it doesn't matter how heavy it is. It's the fact that your body can maintain stability, straight spine, bent legs. Yeah. So if I can get someone to master an overhead squat with a steel mace, I'm feeling pretty good about their health. Yeah. Now, typically you can do that with like a PVC or a broomstick, but it's very light. And sometimes a guy needs to feel a little bit of weight just because you know how your arms got to be, you know, really up. You got to be engaged. Yeah. So so if you have uh, a PVC, it's very easy to let your arms kind of fall forward a little bit and you can fl- and you can flex it too so it, it there's no rigidity to it that gives you that face good, okay. good point donnie's gonna love me you're, you know you've got to have that and, and when you're holding and i told him you're holding it i want you to crush grip i want that crush grip then you swing right. it the other way so and that's the other thing too you're you're un- you're doing an overhead squat unbalanced it's yeah. only 10 to one side maybe 15 but you're doing it unbalanced. And if you can master that, if you can, if your body can adapt to that, you're in better shape than you think you are. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's 10 pounds. It's enough that maybe like you're, you consciously, I mean, consciously you're going to not notice it, but your central nervous system is picking up on that slight imbalance. Correct. And you are giving yourself some type of training right there. And it's not yes. overtaxing you. Um, no. It's it's just waking up your your yeah. central nervous system in a, in a great movement to do on duty. On what? Oh, on duty. On yeah. duty because you're you know you're not going to smoke yourself. You're not going to you're not popping a you're not popping big weight. You're not doing anything that's going to cause you to need a, a two or three minute break. You know yeah. you could you could do three sets of ten or twelve. Tones drop. You're not smoked. You go on the yeah. truck. You'll do your job just fine. It's more to wake that tissue up. But it's a good movement to master. Yeah. I like the idea of using that crush grip because if you have somebody with a really tight back, like me, I always have a tight back. I mean, it's just part of the the nature of wearing that tank all the time. Yeah. Um, The uh, crush grip, I'm going to try this today. I'm going to try to do that with the mace and pay attention to the grip. I'm sure I've done it. But you made me consciously aware of it now. So yeah. now you got me thinking. I bet you when you crush grip it, you'll defeat some of that tightness in your back. Oh, yeah. Because you're you know what I'm saying? Because why? Well, think you're thinking about transferring that energy. Yes. Because, right. you know, when, you, when I think about – when I really slow down and think about my movement, it starts in my hands, right? And it's going all down my back. And it hits my, hits my hips. Then it goes to my knees and it goes to my heels where I'm making contact with the ground. And I can feel that when I'm doing it slowly and thinking about it. You just have to slow down a little bit. And, you know, again, everybody says in, 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 the, in the combat world, smooth is, smooth is fast and fast is smooth. So if you're smooth with it, it'll come and it works. But just slow down a little bit and think about it. And then when you get it, hold it for a couple of breaths. Just stand there and bring it in and out. Come back up, swing the other direction, make the transition, do it again. 
Yeah. And so the it, it kind of gives you a little bit of something to do with your brain because you have to you have well, to do like a flow pattern, but yeah, it also it, breaks up the um you were just holding that tension with the weight to one side. Now you do a yeah. swing, it breaks everything up and yeah. lets you reset. Well, and, and I'll, I'll tell you, I had some brain fog getting put out under general anesthetic twice in less than 12 months. That helped that mind body connection of, okay, I have to focus on moving. It, it was clunky to start back over again. It was kind of disjointed, but you know, I started moving and things started moving smoother and wow, man, this is, I'm back to where I was, if not better, but yes, it is, it is a mind body connection where you have to, again, prior perception, think about where you're standing, think about how you're standing, think about how you're going to move. And my favorite thing to do is put my heels on a two by four. Yes. You talked about this before. Just Tell because us. I feel like I'm isolating the glutes a little bit. And I think it's easier on my pelvis when I go all the way down. It just feels like it's, it's not throwing things too far forward. Uh-huh. Does that also, do you notice more quad engagement when you do that? A little or, bit. Okay. I haven't, I haven't paid much attention to the quads more of I have just the joints just because I, I want to be able to get, the, get the thighs parallel. Yeah, you're worried. Right, you're worried about just moving properly. Yes, and letting all the muscles do whatever they do. You're yeah. not focused on the muscle itself. Not really. No, I'm. I'm yeah. more focused about the alignment. That's that's great because then everything else just fall into place. Yeah. Right. Just again, how how do we eat an elephant one bite at a time? You just yeah. you, you break the movement down to the basic form to where it works for you. It, it, it may work different for you than it does for me, but it's going to be the same movement. You know, it's like you're a toss somebody to tie knots in the firehouse. A what? You're a toss somebody to tie rescue knots with rope. Oh, yeah. T yeah, with tying ropes. I yeah. can't teach you and then go tie the knot because I watched them how they did it. Yes. Right. You got I will, I will show you how to do it, then I will turn my head and tie my own knots. And right. <laughs> Because I can't do it the same way I see somebody else do it. Yeah, that's a good point. That's funny. I got a. I don't even remember what knot it is now. Wow, it's been a while. There's a knot I have to. It's almost like a a ritual I have to do. Yes, it's in order. Great. It's in every firehouse. There's a board with the knot with the rope, little section rope, and the knot tied in it. You've got to man. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. You just got. You have a a roadmap in your brain on how to. Yes create this knot and yeah. if you don't do it that way or you see somebody do it their way you're just like whoa you just can't screwed me up yeah that's how the mind plays tricks i guess it is that's what you want to call it well yeah i'll tell you i'm dyslexic so i've had to teach myself to do things my way and it that's how I've, i defeated the learning disability in that respect so you see things backwards like you see words backwards. i don't see things backwards all the time but i'll see Things in reverse, I'll put words in front, like I'm reading something. My eyes work faster than my brain does, and my brain works faster than my eyes. Yeah. So when I'm reading something, words will show up where they shouldn't, or I'll read the same thing twice trying to catch up. It's, it's weird. Really? Okay. Yeah. So you could kind of get lost on a sentence and – Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you, yeah. Don't, yeah. Don't, send me a, don't send me a text and expect an immediate answer. I'm going to read it a few <laughs> times <laughs> before I send it back. Now, how does that work when you had to take, like, the captain's test? I studied my ass off. Uh, and I'm, I'm really proud of this. 
uh, the department I'm from, uh, where I came from, had had a whole lot of. Uh, well, actually, this was like, had zero upper mobility. We had a lot of long timers. I was there 25 years. Uh, I died on top of the list for four cycles. Four times. I was number one on the list four times and died on top of the list for oh. eight years. Oh, that's yes. disheartening. Well, no, I, I, nobody got promoted ahead of me. Yeah. yeah. So I, and I did. I just studied a little bit every shift. Uh, you know, and and they they would they would tweak the protocols for the test a little bit, and they tell us, and you know, about twenty minutes a shift for eight years, I just read, and I would go through the scenarios. I would, and I there was it was never, and I'll say it was never close. I knew I knew the material, so I took the test one last time, and a guy retired twenty five days later, and then you know I was I was in that seat for almost five years. Now, would you say you had to study like twice as hard as that regular guy? Or? Oh yeah, oh yeah, and, and most people. And that was me through all through school too. And like my friends would get their homework done in 20, 30 minutes, and it take me two hours. Okay, so you're just used to having to be yeah. tenacious and yeah, like, all right, gotta, this is just the way it is. Yeah, just put your head down and run through it. I mean, there's nothing either either succeed or you don't. So, I mean, that NASM course is a freaking butt kicker. I, I yes, that's right. So you took it. I mean, I took it, we'll take it and I studied my ass off for it. And now if I was dyslexic, I don't, I, I could see myself like almost going, ah, forget it. I'm never going to get, you know what I mean? It's, you can oh, talk yeah, yourself hard. out of stuff. Yeah. And, and, and you know, I, I've kind of have taught myself out, or got myself out of that negative self-talk after a while. It, you know, you, you have bad moments and stuff where things just don't seem like they're working, but I've, I've managed to get out of that for the most part. Yeah, because you've been dealing this, dealing with it since you were a kid. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'll be 48 in September. I've been dealing with this for as long as I can remember. Yeah. So, the, do you think that spills out over the rest of your life with, um, oh. like, you know, just having that attitude? Like, okay, yeah, why do you this... think? It, why do you think I went back to work? It wasn't my, it wasn't my terms. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, it was. It this, you know, I mean, I, I have kind of trained myself to do things. I wouldn't say my way, but yes. I want, you know, I, I am kind of a, a terrier at, at best of, you know, if I bite onto something, I'm going to beat it. Wow, that is so cool. And I've heard of people with dyslexia doing very well in life, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, I wonder, too, uh, is there anything like, obviously, it's something about how your brain works. Uh, but is there like a benefit in a weird way, other than the fact that you learn to just be tenacious and deal with stuff on a more positive level. Well, is there like maybe like are you better at math or can you I, I'm recite better poems? At, I'm better at things that move. Okay. Why is well, that? Because I can see the whole picture of how things work. If you told me, like, let's say we got a dude that's got his hand in some machine in a factory, turn it off and just give me a wrench. Yeah. I'll have it apart in no time. Just because I can somehow I can visualize motions of, of gears and things like that. And even like training people and, and stuff in the gym. Somehow my mind, I can see that very clearly. I close my eyes and I can, I can visualize that motion. Motion for me, I can visualize huge. It's really weird. Wow. So talk a little bit more about how that helps with training people. Like, what do you mean? You, so, like, if you have somebody doing like a squat, you could you could see where I can immediately see where they're gonna where they're gonna break. Okay, you see you see that tip 
where their whether upper body's going forward or going way back, right. or look at their legs that are already starting to. You know, I can see when they start just by how their feet are turned if they're going to make it or not. Now, what about fighting fires? Okay, great example. Did you ever? Did you ever? Were you ever assigned to a tractor drawn aerial with the tiller with the tillerman seat in the back? Yeah. Okay. Well, I was on one for a long time. And the tillerman has to steer away from where the front of the truck goes. Right. The opposite direction. Yes. Great. Perfect. I can figure that out. And other people can't figure it out because it's, I'm going to steer the same. No, you can't. You're working away from things. It's all about motion. Right. Okay. Yeah. That is so cool. So then when it comes to steel mace clubs and things like that, you have this like real uh what, what what would you call it a very cognitive connection yeah i'm, I'm very cognizant of my motion and other people's motions and wow. like when i'm a, when i'm doing a group class it's frustrating because you're trying to triage the whole group right you're trying to make sure everybody you know and if i see one person doing one thing it's really hard to go and not pay attention to what's going on in the group you go you gotta fix this so usually when the session's done i'm gonna come over here let's try it like this and, and correct it that way so then you could also discover through this uh, ability different ways, more imaginative ways to sometimes train a person who's oh. maybe not, re- not, you know, reacting properly to your typical training. Like somebody. You, okay. Yeah. Like, like putting somebody through a regression cycle because they can't do the standard. I love that. Yeah. I love going, okay, let's try this. Let's try, you know, just alternate movements getting the same result but it's alternate movement you know i wonder uh if like martial artists uh like we you know with with this ability for motion and every ability to recognize motion where it's going yeah. what it's doing a martial artist would uh, benefit from that oh huge i mean if you, you you know if you especially if you're going to engage somebody in a martial arts contest how their body moves and how you move. If you can counteract a, if they've got to tell if they're going to do the same move every time, you can figure that out quickly. Yeah, that is very very intriguing. So it's uh, it's really cool to, uh, you know, look at how people see life through their own eyeballs. And you know, who would have thought that, you know, somebody who's dyslexic who has what is considered like a handicap or whatever, yeah. you know, it turns into actually something kind of cool in a way, you know, as long it as can you be a pain, right- can be a pain in the ass sometimes, but it does, it is helpful at times. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it, I mean, it, having to work twice as hard on your homework as a kid when all the kids are out playing football, but yeah. you know, you, you also learned to be patient with yourself in a way. And you know, sometimes. now, oh, sometimes. <laughs> But sometimes we we're, yeah, we're we're all are, are more difficult on ourselves than oh, other people sometimes, right? Yes. Yeah. So very good stuff, man. Uh, George, I appreciate you coming on again and talking about this yeah, stuff. We, I think we really uncovered a lot of good stuff today. What do you think? I think it was great. I want to do, uh, we'll do it again. Uh, anybody in the Louisville area wants to train, uh, I'm 502 Steel Mace on Instagram. I do have a Facebook account I don't use too much, but you can throw a message to me on there. Uh, my company is WTF, Wiggins Training and Fitness. 
Uh, actually, I've got a uh, – I'm doing a little volunteer work with the local veterans club right now. They're doing the 75 hard. And the steel mace is their fitness tool. Oh, I never so, thought of that. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, so we're meeting on the 16th to uh, go over their goals. All right. So, so. yeah, everybody, George is in Kentucky. Uh, and if you want to train with him, hit him up at the, his socials that he just indicated. Yes. And uh, feel free to check out the other episodes that George was on. I don't know what they are because I didn't do my homework. <laughs> beforehand I didn't either. yeah i don't know I'm, I'm i'm just the host of the podcast i don't even know how to run it properly but it's there just type in steel mace nation podcast george wiggins and the, these episodes should pop up you know how to find stuff guys come on george thank you man Fred, thank you brother thanks everybody for listening see you later